Welcome to the chalkboard, my fellow football nerds, for episode number 91 of Chalk Talk, brought to you by The Painted Lines. I'm your host, Shane Half, and you can follow me on Twitter at halfandhalf underscore TPL. I'm joined today by Andrew and Dale of the Kingdom Corner podcast. You can check them out on Twitter. Uh, I just tweeted out a link, so you can find it there. We are going to preview the Super Bowl. Uh, got some of the, got some Chiefs guys in here because you guys hear from me about the Eagles all the time. We're going to talk about the Chiefs, dig in deep uh, on what's going on on the other side of the ball. Andrew, Dale, how are you guys doing today? Yeah, doing we're, we're doing good. We're pumped and excited for the Super Bowl, that's for sure. All right, third Super Bowl in four years. Uh, I, I don't. I, I doubt the excitement ever wears off, but I'm hoping the Eagles get on that trajectory here. Maybe we just make this an annual thing. We can do a preview podcast together. That'd be all right if we could alternate wins. All right. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to concede that. But. All right. Well, let's dive into it here. I've got some Chiefs questions for them. Uh, they've got some Eagles questions for me, but we're going to start off talking about the Chiefs. So. Uh, you guys just give me a confidence check here. Like on a scale of one to ten, Dale, how, how confident do you feel heading into this game? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably a seven right now. Confidence. Uh, I think it's all uh, looking at Patrick Mahomes and his ankle, and uh, it's looking a lot better. And so I think when you have one five in, in the backfield, there you got a pretty good shot to beat any team. Yeah. Okay. I got a seven, Andrew. How about you? Where Where are you at confidence scale wise? Man, my confidence goes back and forth depending on who I'm listening to it seems like so but uh I'm sure by the time we get to the game will be even different but right now I'm at about a six so I'm feeling confident the closer we get that number keeps going up all right all right well uh let me ask so let's talk about the AFC title game um the Chiefs sacked Joe Burrow five times in that game they pressured him 43 on 43 percent of his dropbacks Uh, Andrew, do you think the Chiefs are going to be able to get home against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles' offensive line? Was this more a function of the Bengals' O-line injuries? Uh, Tell me what to expect in the trenches from the Chiefs. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both those things. A little bit both of the Bengals being banged up on the offensive line, but the other side is, as you probably know, the Eagles led the league in sacks this year, but the Chiefs were right behind them. And by right behind them, I mean significantly behind them, but they were second in the league and and sacks this year and so it's not a coincidence or just a fluke that the Chiefs were able to get after the quarterback uh, Chris Jones has been on a tear in this playoffs he has heard the chatter from before the AFC championship game that throughout his playoff uh, career he has yet to sack the quarterback and so last week he got himself two sacks and I think that's going to continue uh, now no fault to or no disrespect at all to the Eagles offensive line, because I think it's one of the best, if not the best offensive line in the league. But Frank Clark comes alive during the playoffs, and then you got him matched up with Chris Jones. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to have the same success against the Eagles that they did against the Bengals, but I for sure think they'll be able to get some pressure uh, against Jalen Hurts as long as they can contain him in the pocket. All right. All right, uh, Dale. Do you have anything you got to add to that one, or you want me to throw? Yeah, in the I next think that, that offensive line you guys got over there in Philly is uh, pretty something else. Uh, it's fun to watch uh, your offensive line just move people around, and so the Chiefs' uh, defensive line they got a, a big uh, challenge ahead of them with that. And so Spags will have something planned up, game planned, I'm sure. But uh, it's fun to watch that offensive line. Uh, I think the most important thing, not about getting pressure on Jalen Hurts, but uh, containing him. I think would be the most important thing would be just containing, keeping him in that pocket and not let him beat us on it with his feet. 
All right, all right. So uh, let's talk about injuries. Keeping with the theme here of the AFC title game, the Chiefs got a lot of injuries in that game. Obviously, uh, Justin Watson, which I believe is wide receiver five, was ruled out pregame, which doesn't mm-hmm. seem huge until Nicole Hardman, Kadarius Tony, and Juju Smith-Schuster all left with injuries. Uh, on top of that, you know Patrick Mahomes obviously has the the really bad looking ankle injury in the Jags game, yeah. and he's able to play through that somehow. I, I I will never forget the picture of him hopping on one foot for a first down <laughs> scramble. Um, he looked good, I thought, in the Bengals game, but in the third quarter he had a play, or maybe it was the fourth quarter. I can't remember. Or he was rolling left, and he kind of had to flip the hips and zip one downfield and. I thought he kind of came up a little gimpy after that, and it looked quite. How concerned are you about wide receiver depth and and Mahomes' ankle going into this game, especially thinking about that Eagles pass rush that's racked up seventy eight sacks this season? Yeah, I think uh, just for me, I think most of those guys are going to go. I think Tommy's going to go. I think uh, Juju's going to go. I think uh, hasn't been officially ruled out, but I, I would say McCall Hardman is going to be ruled out with that injury. I mean, he took a significant hit there. But I think with Andy Reid in two weeks, I mean, I know Philly fans know Andy Reid, uh, two weeks off a uh, off that win uh, will give them plenty of time to uh, come up with some schemes, some quick screens and things like that. So I think it'll just, I think after the first quarter, we'll kind of know how healthy those guys are. Yeah, you, you talked about Andy Reid's screen game and the Eagles have been trying to find a screen game ever since Andy Reid left and it's always terrible, <laughs> uh, except maybe they might have found it throwing screens to Dallas Goddard now, but yeah. screens are the bane of Eagles fans existence and they have, it's been that way ever since Reid left. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I throw out to you, McCall Hardman did just officially get put on the IR just earlier today. And so he's officially out and they activate Clyde Edwards, Elaire, the running back. who has been out for quite a few weeks now. And uh, so he's going to be activated for the Super Bowl, but I don't expect him to have a large role uh, in that. But to Dale's point, I think most of these guys are going to be up for the challenge to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I saw the uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire news. I had not seen Nicole Hardman. So Hardman is out. Um, Running back rotation-wise, it seemed like to me Isaiah Pacheco started to take that before uh, Clyde mm-hmm. Edwards-Hilaire got hurt, and I would say he's probably got a firm grasp on that. Obviously, Jarek McKinnon, late down the stretch, kind of went on a run as a receiving back. He helped spur me to a fantasy football title game. Uh, so thanks, <laughs> thanks to go. the waiver wire there. But uh, how do, you, do you expect to see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot? Do you think it's just sort of a running back three thing? How do you think that'll play out? I think Clyde will kind of fill in when and if needed, but I think for the most part he's going to be there just for a, a backup role and a role player more than anything. I think Pacheco's firmly grasped that number one spot, and as you point out with McKinnon and his screen game and short passing game that he's had success with, I doubt that Clyde is going to get playing time over those two. All right. Yeah. So coming into this season – there was a lot of talk about the Chiefs offense. I think a lot of people expected the Chiefs offense to take a step back. I mean, you trade Tyreek Hill, and then you have the stuff in the offseason where Tyreek Hill is like, yeah, Tua throws a more accurate ball than Patrick Mahomes. And I was like, man, find somebody who loves you the, the way that Tyreek Hill loves whatever quarterback he currently <laughs> plays for. But no I, I think everybody probably expected the Chiefs to take a step back offensively, and they've really done the opposite this season. Uh, the Chiefs' EPA per play was .167 last season. It's .201 this year. It's a 20% increase. Like, 
20% better than they were with Tyree Kill, which is just unbelievable to me. Uh, you guys watch the Chiefs every week. How has their offense evolved this year, and why is it better without the most explosive receiver in the NFL? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, even in the previous years, the teams have been playing two deep safeties on the Chiefs, and they had to learn to adjust so they couldn't just hit the big play every game. And so even before Tyree Kill left, they were forcing Mahomes to try to find those underneath throws and forcing him to take them. And he wasn't doing that early in his career. He's always looking for that big home run play. But with the coaching of Andy Reid and some of the others, he kind of started taking those plays that were given to him and those situations given to him. And so when Tyreek Hill left, uh, it just kind of forced Mahomes once again to kind of adjust his game and kind of look for the open guy rather than just for the big home run play. And uh, a big part of that is as is the play calling of Andy Reid, putting those guys in huge situations. But I think Mahomes being able to extend plays and such, we we believe as Chiefs fans, if, if we have Mahomes on our team, we always have a shot to win, right? And so there's a lot of talk coming into this season that the Chiefs are going to not even be able to win their own division, let alone make the playoffs. And maybe a wild card team, and we kind of both say, well, all these teams have done a lot to try to compete against the Chiefs and kind of upset the Chiefs, but we've always said uh, on paper doesn't always translate to the field. And so until we see a project on the field is actually going to upset the Chiefs or throw the, the reigning champs off their throne, there's no reason to write them off. And so I think the reason for the increased amount in the offense this year is just simply because they're taking what the defense has given them rather than just looking for those big plays. And so this year Mahomes doesn't just rely on Hill and Kelsey. He's having to rely on these other guys whether he wants to or not because Hill's not there. Yeah, it, what's crazy to me is – you look at last year versus this year, they actually have more explosive plays, passes of 20-plus yards this year than either of the last two years, despite Mahomes' average depth of target being lower. Like They have mm-hmm. more yards after the catch this season than any offense in the last 20 years. It's just incredible what they've been able to do offensively. And to your point about the Chiefs always being in the game, you've always got a shot if Mahomes is there. Mahomes has started 93 games for the Chiefs. The Chiefs have led or been within one score in the fourth quarter in 90 of those 93 games. Like you just you don't yeah. blow this team out. Uh, now, obviously, one of those was a Super Bowl loss to the Buccaneers, where a pass rush just wrecked the game. And so, uh, us Eagles fans, <laughs> us Eagles fans are hoping that that's a blueprint that can be repeated uh, this yeah. upcoming week. So let's flip it over. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. Uh, Dale, in the, in the AFC title game, the Chiefs had five rookies, five, play 25% of the snaps or more on defense. They had three rookie cornerbacks play over 50 snaps. Uh, rookies played 418 snaps in that game for the Chiefs, which is the most by any team in any win this season. In fact, 11 of their 53 players on their roster are rookies, which is sometimes a product. When you pay a quarterback a half a billion dollars, you've got to get young other places and cheap. But does the amount of rookie players on the field give you any level of concern going into the Super Bowl? Uh, well, yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit of concern. I mean, we joked on our podcast, uh, I think last time, that Brett Beach would probably get the MVP of uh, the AFC, just having those rookies and, and the coaching staff developing those rookies. And to see them, like, 
I know, like right now in this point in the season, they're not rookies anymore. They're they're NFL players and they're playing uh, hard. But it does give me a little concern because a couple of those times, a couple of those plays, uh, I watched the game a couple times after, and those rookies didn't make a few mistakes, um, but didn't like kill them. And so I think that would be the level of concern that they could be out of position and then uh, get torched uh, with your running game and the two great wide receivers and tight end y'all have up there. And so. Yeah, it's a little bit of a concern, but I think Spags will have a great game plan for them and uh, ready to go. All right. So, and it's not just rookies on defense either. Like, you look at offense and defense. Chiefs rookies have combined for 4,087 snaps this season. On the flip side, the Eagles have only 989 snaps by rookies. I look at this matchup and I try to figure out who has the experience edge. Like the Eagles feel like the more veteran team, and yet the Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl three out of the last four years. A- Andrew, who has the edge in terms of experience in this game? Man, it, it kind of depends on the, which way you look at it, right? Because if you look at just from a general standpoint, I would lean towards the Chiefs just because they've been there year after year for the past couple of years. And Chiefs fans haven't always been able to say that, so we're grateful for, for this moment that we have. Yeah. But uh, just the culture the Chiefs have been able to build with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey and like the GM with Brett Veach, uh, they've built a culture of championship culture. And so that you know permeates a lot of things. But uh, the other side is I think the Eagles might have more experience just simply – uh, and some of their veteran play because they've been doing it for a long time. They have some of the newer guys too, like, you know, Jalen Hurts hasn't been there for too long and some, some of the other people like Devonte Smith, but then you got guys like AJ Brown, who's been in the league for a while and guys like, you know, Jason Kelsey, you know, and so you guys got a lot of veteran players all over your team. And so it's going to just come down to a lot of different things on how you look at it. But uh, I don't know if, if I give the edge to anyone in, in particular, uh, if you give, look on the offensive side, I might give it to the Chiefs. But if you look on the defensive side, I'd probably give it to the Eagles. All right. So these last couple of questions, I want, I want to get an answer from each of you. Um, uh, Dale, I'll start with you on this one. Give me one under-the-radar player that Eagles fans should be looking for to maybe have a big game. So no Patrick Mahomes, no Travis Kelsey. T- tell me a name that people might not know that the Eagles fans should be watching cool. out for. I think our linebackers, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, are going to be huge. Uh, are going to have to play a huge game uh, to slow that running game down. And so I think uh, watch for those two guys in the middle of the field and see what they do. Uh, I know Willie Gay is uh, very aggressive, and sometimes that aggression, uh, aggressiveness will uh, betray him. <laughs> and uh, thinking that, hey, it's going to be a run and it's play action, and the guy that he was guarding is already halfway down the field. So. I think those two guys are going to have uh, two big games, and a lot of people don't know Nick Bolton. Uh, he's a quiet guy on the Chiefs team, uh, but he's a leader. He's second-year player and almost led the league in tackles. I think uh, one guy led more tackles than him, or had more tackles than him from the Lions. But yeah, it's just uh, or Jacksonville. Uh, but yeah, it'd, it'd be those two guys that I think would be under the radar. All right, I, I was a Nick, I was a big Nick Bolton fan back in his yeah. draft. I was pounding the table for the Eagles to go get him. So uh, I'm very, very familiar with his game. He's he's a guy that I'm going to be talking about a lot this week. Uh, Andrew, what about you? G- give me an under-the-radar name to watch out for from the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the guy that we've talked about a lot in our podcast this year is uh, uh, Mr. Carlos Dunlap, a defensive line guy. He's on yeah. the as he's not even a starter, but when he gets in, he makes plays. He's a veteran guy. He's been around the league for quite a while, and 
but whenever he's on the field, he makes sacks. He makes big stops when he needs to. And so that's a guy to watch out for uh, in the Chiefs' defensive side. Okay, Andrew, after the game, I'm telling you right now, the Chiefs won the game. You're on this podcast after the game. Why did they win? What went right? Uh, what went right is that they were able to contain uh, Jalen Hurts from running the football. Uh, the Chiefs have not been good at stopping their run uh, very well, especially running quarterbacks. And so if they're able to contain Jalen Hurts and contain the big plays uh, throughout the game, the Chiefs will win this game. All right. Dale, what, what about you? Aside from containing the mobile quarterback, what yeah. went right if the Chiefs win this game? The Chiefs had a uh, running game in this game. Uh, Pacheco goes uh, for 90 yards, 100 yards, and they control the game. I think that would be the best way. Instead of letting the Eagles control it, uh, the Chiefs are going to have to control this game from the start. Okay, now now the flip question. The Chiefs lost the game. Dale, you're breaking <laughs> oh. it down. You're breaking it down on King oh, of after the game while I'm partying on my post-game show. Yeah. <laughs> what went wrong? Why did the Chiefs yeah, the, lose? The defensive line and the linebackers couldn't tackle. I think that's where it happens. Uh, I mean, I, we'll get into the Eagles, but I mean, just I don't know how healthy Jalen Hurts' uh, shoulder is and all that. I'm sure there's a bunch of questions around that, but I think with that running game and I think there's three the three-headed monster – I guess you count Hurts four, where they could just run all over you, and you don't know which way it's coming. Uh, I think it would be the defensive line and linebackers had a tough day. All right, Andrew. Andrew, same question. Chiefs lost. What went wrong? Uh, well, I'm gonna have to say that probably the Chiefs' offensive line did not do their job. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs' offensive line has been back and forth this year. They've had some games they look like all pros, and games that they look like it's surprising that they're a starter in the NFL. Right. And uh, so if the Chiefs offensive line is able to not necessarily keep them, the Eagles completely out of the backfield, but if they're able to give Patrick Mahomes enough time to get down the field and get guys open, uh, it's going to be good for him. But if the Chiefs lose, it's going to be a lot on that offensive line uh, protecting Mahomes from that very, very good Chiefs defense or Chiefs, the Eagles defensive front. All right. And so here it is. Uh, I need, well, let's save this last question for the very end. We'll talk game predictions, Super Bowl okay. MVP yeah, predictions. Yeah. Let's save that yeah. for the very end. So let's, uh, I'll, I'll step out of the host chair here and we'll flip the script. And I think you guys had some questions about the Eagles uh, for me. So we'll flip the script here and let you guys take this, take the podium. Yeah. I, I think the first question we have to ask is as Chiefs fans, we've kind of come to uh, with Mahomes and Andy Reid, we've kind of come to accept that the Chiefs should be in the Super Bowl every year, whether they get there or not. You know, that's one thing. But we almost expect them to be in the Super Bowl every year. So what were the expectations for the Eagles when the year started? I, I, I thought the Eagles were a floor, like a 10-win team. I thought that was their floor. And I would have said their ceiling was somewhere around 12 wins. I thought this was a 10-12 to 12 win team that was going to win their division I didn't expect Dallas to be as good as they were. I thought they would win the NFC East, which I thought would be a poor division. It turned out to put three teams in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, I would not have expected them to go 14-3, and three, be a one seed, be in the Super Bowl. and you know, A lot of that that expands that ceiling for me was just the development of Jalen Hurts. I said before the season started that I thought there was about a 50-50 shot the Eagles would have a new starting quarterback in 2024. <laughs> 
You know, the Eagles yeah. kicked a first round draft pick into this year. They they yeah. notably inquired about like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Thankfully, neither of those worked out for various reasons. Uh, but the leap that he took this season uh, is just unbelievable. And no nobody that's truly analyzing it saw that coming. There's some homers that you know that saw that coming that thought he should have won the MVP last year or something somehow. So I, I thought 10 to 12 wins. Um, if you would have told me that Hertz was going to take the leap that he took, I, I would have probably expected a similar outcome to what happened this season. Yeah. So along the same lines, and if, if you would have known before the season started that the Eagles made the Super Bowl, but say they lose the Super Bowl, would that still have been considered a successful season? Absolutely. I mean, Obviously, there'll be disappointment if the Eagles don't win, but right. when you enter the season unsure about your quarterback, and you enter the season really unsure about your head coach, who is a first-year head coach, and you end that season knowing for sure that you have your franchise quarterback, knowing for sure that your head coach is really good at his job, that's got to be a successful season. Now, it would be really disappointing if they don't win it because they have so many pending free agents on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would expect their defense to take a step back next year, but uh, they've got cap space. They've got uh, two first round picks this year. They've got the capital to continue to improve this team. It doesn't feel like a win right this second window. Uh, the window is open. So it's, it's a successful season, but it will still be a disappointing end if they can't put the cherry on top. So what do you attribute to success or the turnaround? What would you say? Is it coach? Is it GM? Is it Hurts? What would you say this uh, attribute the success to? It, it, it's a lot of those things. The, the work that Hurts has improved so much, and your yeah. natural tendency is to give that to the coaching staff, and they play a role, but you don't improve your mechanics in the season. You just don't have time for that. That's why these guys hire QB coaches in the offseason, and the work that – it all starts with the work that he put in in the offseason to get better as a player and the work Howie Roseman, the GM, did this offseason to build that roster. I mean, they, they went out and they signed Hassan Reddick to $15 yeah. million dollar a year deal, and he almost led the NFL in sacks. They went out and they got uh, Kazir White. They went out and they traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So it uh, feels like every move that Howie did this offseason yeah. hit – uh, Jalen Hurts took a leap, and along the way, you found out, hey, this coaching staff is really, really good as well. So, yeah, how is so, your confidence level on a scale of one to ten walking into this game? You know, I, people asked me before the AFC title game, who should the Eagles want to play? Who who do they match up better with? And my answer was, I have no idea. Like. You would like to face the Bengals' offensive line because I feel like you can just annihilate that. But they have better receivers. I think they've got a better uh, secondary in some parts. Their coaching is not that good. But in most ways, (laughs) I feel like the Eagles match up with the Chiefs better, but that's you consciously saying, hey, I would like to play Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl, and that just feels insane. So I couldn't decide who I wanted to play. Now that we're here, you know, I'm glad it's the Chiefs. Obviously, uh, I love Andy Reid and and all that. So that's a fun storyline coming into the game. But I would say my confidence level is probably around a six, seven ish somewhere in there. There's some there's some things up in the air with Jalen Hurts' shoulder and AJ Brown's hamstring, and you know the last time this which it wasn't the same defense and it's not the same Chiefs offense, but the Chiefs torched 
the Jonathan Gannon defense in 2021. So uh, there's, there's some elements of apprehension there as well. Yeah. And, you know, I remember when Andy Reid first came over to the chiefs from the Eagles, you know, it was a really quick turnaround from the time he left the Eagles to the time he signed with the chiefs. Uh, man, and I recall several Eagles fans and it might've been you too. I, I'm not sure, but uh, somebody made the comments. He's like, well, you'll get a really good coach. We probably won't win many championships, if any. You know, and so, you know, that was kind of the mindset with Andy Reid throughout the league was he's a great coach. He just can't win the big game. And now he's won the big game. You can contribute that to him or Mahomes or whoever. But how does Philly feel overall and Eagles fans feel overall about Andy Reid now that they've uh, won a Super Bowl as well? I think Eagles fans appreciate Andy Reid, especially now that they've won a Super Bowl. Um you know, at the time that the Eagles were moving on from Reed, I thought it was time for him to go. He ended. Did we lose him? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be a Chief show now, I guess. There we go. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully he'll get back on here pretty soon. All right. Oh, I just got a message. So his computer froze me back on here in a second. So. Looks like we're still live either way, but all right. Uh, so we're excited for just give you some Chiefs um, side points or whatever. We're excited for the Super Bowl three to five years, right? And so it's some that we don't ever want to take for granted. That's for sure. It's yeah, it's not something that's easily done. You know, we might joke around like, oh yeah, we should be in the Super Bowl every year, but man, it is hard to get to the Super Bowl. It is hard. It's not easy. And so just the fact that your team is in a Super Bowl, whether you're an Eagles fan or Chiefs fan, man, celebrate the moment, right? Because you're not guaranteed another one. The Chiefs aren't guaranteed another one either. You're not even no. guaranteed to go there. And so it's it's a fun time to be a Chiefs fan, if nothing else, just to be able to, um, man, live in the moment of watching a great team. We went through a lot of hard years as Chiefs fans uh, <laughs> before this moment, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so – uh, yeah, let me ask you a question. How about this? We'll, right. we'll, we'll, we'll flip the, the script again here. So uh, if the Chiefs, not if, as the Chiefs go in to face the Eagles in the Super Bowl, right? Right. Uh, what, is, what, is, what needs to happen in the first quarter to establish the run or establish whatever's going on? All right, is he back? Oh. Okay, I'm back. back. Sorry about that. Okay, guys. all right. Right. That has never happened to me before. My screen just like popped up and it said your computer's detected a problem and is going to shut down. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic for a live podcast. So, <laughs> it's uh, all right. We, we took it over in your absence. So I'm going to have to watch back later and see what there you, you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll take the Andy Reid question from the yeah. top here because I don't all know right. where it actually froze. Um, Andy Reid, Eagles fans, uh, I think they feel better about Reid now that they've won their own Super Bowl. Uh, it wasn't, you know, we loved Andy Reid when he was here. I thought it was time for Reid to go after the 2012 season when they went 4-12. and 12 And I thought Andy was still a good coach, and I thought he would go somewhere and have success. But sometimes you just need a fresh start, go yeah, somewhere, man. new ideas. And I think you see that with other coaches. I mean, what is Bill Belichick doing in New England right now? I mean, he's got to still be a good coach, right? But it's just time. And that happened, I think, for Reed. And there was some, you know, Reed struggled with clock management. He still does at times, yeah. game management. Uh, and 
I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to say that he wasted a fantastic 2004 team. The Eagles should have won the Super Bowl that year. Uh, that 2004 team is better by any metric that you look at than this 2022 team. And so um, there was mixed feelings. I never disliked Andy Reid, but I did think it was time for him to go. Uh, I was you know happy that he found another job, and I'm glad he does well. And I do think there's not like with the Giants, which are a division rival with the 49ers, who we didn't have any problems with until they spent a week whining about losing after the game. Um, (laughs) There's been a lot of like back and forth and hostilities online. And I I haven't seen that with Chiefs fans. And I don't expect that because I think a lot of Eagles fans sort of adopted the Chiefs as their AFC team once that's where Reed landed. Oh, and there's a lot. I mean, I I mean, I would say the Eagles and the Chiefs are probably the two greatest fan bases in uh, football. There's some of the most passionate fans you'll find around. But I did see on Twitter that was pretty funny. Uh, this Andy Rue will finally be able to give Philly a Super Bowl. Yes, <laughs> he can do it. He can do it. And Andy, if Andy gives the Eagles a Super Bowl, all is forgiven. Let's go. So, well, forgiven I, on I your really end. Didn't care for the comment, but I thought I did chuckle. I did chuckle. So that's pretty funny. So that's yeah, that's pretty good. good. Yeah. So and also as we've kind of pointed to before, uh, the Eagles led the league in sacks this year by a mile. I mean, they were huge, but. <laughs> The other side is that Mahomes is one of the most elusive quarterbacks in the NFL of just knowing where the pressure is and escaping it and so forth. So how do you think the Eagles will do matching up to Mahomes' elusiveness? I think the Eagles' pass rush hasn't really met a challenge that they couldn't you know, take down yet this year. Um, the, the 49ers were supposed to have a pretty good O-line, and I think they do minus like – uh, McGlinchey was obviously a weak spot at right tackle. And so um, I'll pop him out there So until he comes back. Um, the Chiefs, they've got a really good interior O-line. Uh, Creed Humphrey, mm-hmm. which I'm an, my podcast listeners know I'm an Oklahoma fan. I was huge on Creed Humphrey. I had a high first-round grade on him. Uh, in his draft and he ended up going at the end of the second and he's probably in my opinion he's the second best center in the league already behind only Jason Kelsey so if you like centers this is a great game for you to watch although I don't know many sickos that like to watch centers uh maybe it's just me but Joe Tooney Trey Smith Trey Smith's another guy they got that same Mm -hmm. draft I think it was the sixth round I had a second round grade on Trey Smith so I'm very high on guys that the Chiefs drafted um they're really strong in the interior where I think they're vulnerable is their offensive tackles. Um, yeah. Orlando Brown at, on the left side, he hasn't been as good as advertised. I would say when he came in from the Ravens, Andrew Wiley is interesting to me. ESPN has him ranked ninth in pass block win rate. I don't understand why. I, <laughs> and to me, Andrew Wiley is the weak point of that offensive line. And Maybe I think it's just when he gets beat, he gets beat really fast and it doesn't happen all the time. But when it does, it's super fast and impactful. Uh, But he's given up nine sacks and 53 pressures and he's got nine penalties this year. And uh, that's the side Hassan Reddick rushes off of the Eagles best pass rusher. And he just murdered Mike McGlinchey. So to me, it, it comes down a lot to that matchup. I think Josh Sweat can get, you know, Orlando Brown some off the left, but the pressure should be coming off of that right side with Hassan Reddick against Andrew Wiley. And Reddick's been really good at finishing pressures this year. He doesn't just get home when he wins. He wins quick. He attacks the arm of the quarterback. He forces fumbles, those sorts of things. So uh, Patrick Mahomes has an uncanny ability just to sense pressure and slide up in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And 
I wouldn't classify him as a scrambling quarterback. He's elusive. Like, yeah. Watching him scramble is just irritating because he looks like my uncle running down the street, right? It doesn't look <laughs> it doesn't look impressive, but he's just this much faster than the guy that's chasing him. I yeah. heard somebody somebody on one of my other podcasts said that when he scrambles, it looks like he's running with a beer in his hand or something. Like <laughs> he's just he's just like don't spill it, right? And I, I think that containing him is going to be big. Uh, keeping eyes on him and. You just got to get home. You're going to get your opportunities. You've got to get him to the ground when it happens and put him behind the sticks. Yeah, and Mahomes has been known to say multiple times, he's, he says, I'm not fast. I'm just fast, faster than the guy chasing me. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, and to your point, we absolutely agree that the tackles are the weak spot of the Chiefs' oh, yeah. offensive line. Absolutely. And we kind of, at the beginning of the season, talked about the people we liked uh, who are non uh, position players, uh, and uh, my guy was Trey Smith right there in the middle of the offensive line there at right guard. And so, yeah, I, we would agree to that. Interior offensive line for the Chiefs is big. Uh, and, man, Orlando Brown has been kind of, well, him and Wiley, kind of been the guys who've been getting beat a lot. And it seems like whenever they get beat, it's usually in key moments. And that's what kind of frustrates a lot of Chiefs fans is just that, those guys are not playing consistently when they need to. And it took Mahomes getting hurt in that Jaguars game for the offensive line to kind of step up and those tackles in particular to step up and start playing at a higher level. And we're like, man, we just, we want that kind of performance and that kind of play before an injury even has to happen. So it's uh, definitely frustrating in those kind of areas. Yeah, I, I do. I got a question for you about that injury. Yeah. So people have people have made the statement, the assertion that uh, Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback. Now, what I have to ask is, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. He comes out mm-hmm. for one drive, <laughs> and Chad Henney leads a 97-yard touchdown drive. So, what I need to know is, is Patrick Mahomes a system quarterback? Well, totally I got kidding, several. By the way. I know. I got this. You're going to get me going here. Uh, but uh, first off, it was a 98 yard touchdown drive led by Chad Tenney because it was the longest touchdown drive in Chiefs postseason history. But uh, I think that will Andy be a Reed, trivia question no one will be able to answer in 20 years. No one will know the answer. I'll say, what quarterback led the Chiefs on the longest postseason drive for a touch? Yeah, anyways. But so, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is not a system quarterback. I know you're joking with that, but. Uh, I think Andy Reid is just a great quarterback coach as well. And so even uh, a couple of years ago when Mahomes got hurt because he dislocated his kneecap, Matt Moore came in and won us a couple of games. Uh, and Matt Moore at the time, Chad Henney got hurt too. So they brought Matt Moore in from a teaching job because he'd retired from the NFL. He comes in, wins a, a game or two for the Chiefs. And so I think it goes to just show how uh, Andy Reid prepares his quarterbacks for that, and I think as a show, uh, and just to th- shout out Chad Henney, right? That even as a backup, he's prepared for that moment. Came in and threw the ball right away, right? The, I think they ra- ran the ball the first play, and then they uh, pass it. And he didn't have a lot of passing yards on that drive, so I think he had no. 21 yards passing on that drive. So it wasn't like he was the key guy, but he did lead him on that drive. So. No, Mahomes is not a system quarterback, but Andy Reid is just that good of a quarterback coach. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's ask you the same kind of question. So how do you see the Eagles winning this game? 
uh, if the Eagles win this game, uh, it's going to be off on offense. It's going to be off the strength of their play in the trenches. I think they need to be able to run the football, uh, establish the run. They're one of the best teams in the NFL at running the ball this year. Um, they've got the ability to go. They've done it all year. They get these leads and then they go on these eight minute, just back breaking 20 play drives where they just grind the ball out, grind the clock. And, um, I think they need to be able to do that some. I don't think you want to be in the business of getting in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. It, it's not going to go well. Um, I think they need to be able to establish the run on offense. Jalen Hurts' deep ball has been shaky since he's come back from injury. He's only 3 of 10 passing uh, beyond 20 yards, and one of those was the Devontae Smith 4th and 3 that you know we learned later mm-hmm. on review. That wasn't really a catch, but it was ruled that on the field. So. It's just been off. Now, I don't know if that's like sample size, uh, you know, noise of a small sample size. It was really windy in the 49ers game, things like that. But it just hasn't been quite the same, and yet they've been able to run the ball really well. So they need to be able to do that on offense. On defense, I think a lot of it comes down to coverage. Like The Eagles have a ton of sacks, but they don't have this just amazingly fast time to sack. It's around middle of the pack in the NFL. I don't remember the exact number, but it's because the coverage has been good. Like the coverage has to be good in this game. And I think that means changing it up a little more. Jonathan Gannon has played a pretty vanilla defense this year at times. A lot of quarter stuff, uh, much to the chagrin of Eagles fans, uh, except for me. I've been trying to teach them what quarters is because it's, it's a good scheme. Anyways, uh, against the 49ers, I thought we saw him with a pretty individualized game plan. They were sitting on in-breaking routes because they knew that Brock Purdy likes to throw intermediate middle of the field. And so there were some times that corners got burned on double moves, sluggos, things like that, because we were sitting on those in-breaking routes and the pass rush got home so we didn't get torched. They need a specific game plan for this. Patrick Mahomes will take those five and 10 yard throws, particularly to Travis Kelsey all day. If you let him, I think they're going to have to roll out some different things uh, you're not going to give him anything he hasn't seen before, but try to make him guess a little bit after the snap. Yeah, so if the Eagles lose, why do you think they w- would have lost the game? Because they didn't do that. No. <laughs> um, if the Eagles lose, yeah, if the Eagles lose, it, it's because they're not able to slow down the offense. And you're not going to slow down the offense a lot. Like, if, if you get three, four stops, that needs to be enough. Your offense has to put up points. And the Eagles have been really good at not turning the ball over. I don't think they lose this game because they implode offensively and turn the ball over. If they lose this game, it's because they don't tackle well on defense. They're not able to limit uh, the yards after the catch. And they're just unable to address Travis Kelsey and Jarek McKinnon. And so if they come up with plans for those defensively, uh, I, I feel good about their chances. All right. Well, let me ask you this here. We are looking at some of the stats and stuff, and the Eagles have uh, one of the best defenses in in the league. They're number two overall as far as yards per game, Uh, but they're not in in the top 10 when it comes to stopping the run. They're more middle of the pack towards the end. So does it worry you at all that the Eagles might have to try to stop Pacheco and potentially Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming back too, who's a much bigger back running? Not particularly. Um, the Eagles were really bad about stopping the run early in the year. And then they lost a game because they couldn't stop the run. And Howie Roseman was like, hey, 
what if we just go sign Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue to make sure this isn't a problem anymore? Uh, Might have been an overreaction, but they haven't lost because they couldn't stop the run since. They obviously lost two games when Hertz was injured, but uh, they've been better at stopping the run. Now, uh, against the 49ers, they went to a lot of five-down fronts to stop the run, and you obviously Mm -hmm. don't want to do that against the Chiefs. And the Chiefs like to run heavy personnel, 12 and 13 personnel. And so uh, it is going to be key to watch if the Eagles can stop runs, especially out of heavy personnel, out of those four down fronts that they like to play. Uh, I feel good about that. Their linebackers have been better at flowing to the ball. Their, their interior has been better since those signings. But uh, And I'm not super scared of the Chiefs rushing attack. In fact, I would not mind the Chiefs being able to run the ball because every time they hand the ball off, it means the ball is out of Mahomes' <laughs> hands. And I'm personally Good okay point. with that. Yeah. And having Sue as a backup is never a bad idea either. That man is a large mountain of a man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's He's been fun to watch. And I was not a big Indomitian Sue fan, but maybe it's different when he's on your team, I guess. Yeah, I think that's how I really would feel with him. Yeah. So. Yeah, so who has to have a big game for the Eagles for, for in the Super Bowl? I think it's Hassan Reddick. Uh, you know, you want to get after Mahomes. You want to be able to pressure him, try to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. And the best pass rusher that the Eagles have is Reddick. And like I said, when he wins, he wins very quickly. And so uh, if he can get a few quick wins, obviously you want to get Mahomes to the ground. But if you can just put in his head early in the game that I'm coming, and when I come, it's going to be fast. Hopefully you can get that clock going in his head and, and speed everything up. And, you know, not that not that Mahomes is bad when things are sped up either. It's it, it's kind of what facing Mahomes, it's kind of one of those, like, would you prefer to be shot, stabbed, or hung? Like, we're going to get you some way. Just how do you want to go? Uh, and that's a little bit how I feel about Mahomes. But I, I think if Hassan Reddick can have a big game, force a big turnover, that could swing things for the Eagles. Yeah, does it, uh, I guess, off script here, does it worry you about the Chiefs' ability to come back or to score quick or to have those big plays? Uh, I mean, the last Super Bowl against the 49ers, they're down 10 with, you know, 10 minutes left or eight minutes left in the game and won by 10. And so does that concern the big plays? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eagles fans have not had to sweat out a postseason game this year. They right. beat the Giants 38-7. to They beat the 49ers 31-7. to And the, the second half of the 49ers game, I was just, just casually watching. Like, there was nothing to be concerned about. I can promise you I would not feel good about a 14-point lead at halftime against the Chiefs. So, you know, if, if you give me 17 with, like, five minutes left, I might start to feel okay. But, yeah, no lead is safe. I I remember I watched them play the Bills last year and get the ball uh-huh. with like 13 seconds left. Like I will not feel comfortable until the clock yeah. hits zeros. Well, we were both at that game. In fact, oh wow, so, that would yeah, have been a crazy so environment that was, to be. It was a crazy game for sure. Definitely the best game we'll ever see in person or at all, maybe. So it was incredible. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I've got one last question before I get to it. Do you guys have anything else for me? I think that's what what we got. We're good. Okay, so let's throw it around. We'll just go around the horn here. Andrew, we'll start with you. Give me your game prediction and Super Bowl MVP prediction. All right, so game prediction. I got to go with the Chiefs. I can't uh, discount Patrick Mahomes at all. I think that last Super Bowl against the Bucks has left a sour taste in both his mouth 
and the other guys who were on the team, which really isn't very many. I think uh, if I remember right, uh, only 13 guys on the roster were on that Super Bowl winning team from when they won in uh, 2019, 2020. Uh, so him and Travis Kelsey, I think, are going to come and have big games. And so they're going to will their team to win. It's still going to be a close game because I think the Eagles are probably the second best team in the NFL <laughs> right behind the Chiefs. Uh, so, but Eagles are, are great. So all respect to them. But uh, I think the final score will be somewhere around Chiefs 34, Eagles 28. I think the MVP. Uh, if it's not Patrick Mahomes, it just seems like the Super Bowl, they tend to always lean towards the quarterback. But if it's not Patrick Mahomes, it's probably going to be Travis Kelsey. Yeah, it, it is almost exclusively, it seems like these days, a quarterback award. But if you can yeah. call your shot on one of those other guys, you could make yeah. some good money. I, I think mean, Travis Kelsey is like plus 900 to win Super Bowl MVP. And yeah. I think Hassan Reddick is like plus 4,000 or something like oh that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I think in the Chiefs' first Super Bowl, uh, well, not the first one, but their last Super Bowl win against the 49ers, Damian Williams deserved the MVP, but Patrick Mahomes got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, it tends to be a quarterback award and the regular season award as well. It's it's a quarterback yeah. award. Cooper Cup should have won Super Bowl MVP last year, but. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, he should have. So, all right. So we've got a Chiefs win and a Patrick Mahomes MVP from Andrew Dale. What do you have for me? Man, I, I mean, I hate to. Hate to be. I mean, we got the Chiefs Kingdom flag right behind me. Uh, I would say that on paper, uh, just looking at rosters, the Eagles have the better team. So that always makes me nervous when you just go from position to position. You're like, okay, they're better, they're better, they're better. But I think the one position they have is uh, quarterback uh, that would be, and then this the experience that we kind of talked about earlier uh, that they have, which is I just looked up the odds, and I think it's like 50 and a half points, which seems really low. Because I know the Eagles can put points up quick, and I know the Chiefs can put up points quick. And so I don't know what Vegas knows that we don't, uh, but they know something that's maybe going to be more of a defensive uh, battle. And so my, my initial thought was 40, 42 to 35 Chiefs. And so I think I'll probably stick with that. I think, you know, being indoors fast, uh, hopefully get some points up on the board. And that'd be fun for everybody if it was high scoring. It, I, I hope it's not 25 to 21 or something <laughs> so but i guess it depends on who wins all right so and who's your who's your super bowl mvp prediction oh yeah i'm gonna go say uh, harrison bucker okay all right kicker kicker man. Yeah, kicker, kicker prediction man, all right if, if that comes out and you <laughs> get some... i don't know what his odds are to get the mvp but hey he's gonna have a big game I wonder. I'd have to look it up. I wonder if a kicker has ever won the the super bowl <laughs> adam and terry should have won some of those right yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Probably, he probably should have, but didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I look at – you mentioned the – I look at the rosters, and I feel like yeah. if you go position by position, the Eagles are better everywhere except quarterback and tight end. Yeah. But quarterback. And Goddard's not far. Goddard's yeah. not far. He's good. Yeah. He is. He's good. He's good. Uh, man, quarterback. Like, it, you were seeing, like, the two – the two ideas of how to build an NFL roster. Yeah. The Chiefs have the quarterback that every NFL team wants in Patrick Mahomes. Best quarterback I've ever seen play the position. But he's getting paid a half a billion dollars. And so right. that's why Tyreek Hill's not there. That's why you've got 11 rookies on the roster versus the Eagles who have the QB and the vaunted rookie contract window. Yeah. 
And so they go get AJ Brown, they go get Hassan Reddick, they go get Chauncey Gardner Johnson and all these guys and they load up like the Eagles have the roster every quarterback wants to have. The Chiefs have the quarterback everybody wants to have. It's going to be a clash of styles uh, in this one. I'm going to I'm taking Eagles in this one 31-27. Think it's okay. going to be a great game. Um and I, if the Eagles win, then I've got to say the Super Bowl MVP is Jalen Hurts because it's probably going to be a quarterback. Yeah. But I'd give an outside shot to uh, Miles Sanders because I do think if the Eagles you know, put up a lot of points, there's a chance that Miles Sanders gets a lot of touches. They just split carries so much. Uh, it's hard for me to think that anybody other than in Jalen Hurts would win uh, if the Eagles walk away with the Lombardi. Yeah, and just so you know, if you want to put some something down on Harrison Becker here, Dale – He's a plus 25,000, so I'll okay. get you a good return if you actually you pull that out. There you go. Throw $100 on Harrison Butker and win you 25 k There you That'd go. That wouldn't be bad. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank you guys for coming on uh, to join me and, and holding down the, the show during my uh, technical <laughs> issues there in, in the middle. That's going to be interesting to rewatch later. Um, before we get out of here, uh, you guys have a Chiefs podcast uh, take a second. The floor is yours. Plug your podcast. Anything else you guys have going on? All right. Well, our podcast is the Kingdom Corner. Uh, man, we're just two pastors who want to create great content for the Chiefs, but create content that's also clean and uh, appropriate for the whole family. Because there's a lot of great podcasts out there, but they're not always podcasts you'd want your uh, son listening to. And so we want to create a podcast that's suitable for everybody in, in all walks of life and we also want to create great content as well so you can follow us at the kingdom corner on twitter uh and we'll do what we can to cr- continue to create great content and answer any questions you may have you have anything else to add to that dale yeah shane we really appreciate you uh inviting us to be a part of this it's been a lot of fun uh again yeah we're just uh, two guys that love the Chiefs, and we talk. We talked about the Chiefs all the time, just on the phone, and we always joke we should just create a podcast. And so here we are, just uh, talking about the Chiefs, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's just a lot of fun to be able to do something like this. All right, awesome. So yeah, you guys go check them out. Uh, it's at Kingdom underscore Corner. Uh, that's with a K on Twitter. Uh, they've got a YouTube channel. It's the same thing. Uh, you can also check out their podcast on Apple Podcasts. I think it was on Spotify. All, all those platforms. So uh, you guys go check them out. Uh, and thank you everyone for joining us for episode number 91 of Chalk Talk. Uh, if you enjoy what you heard on the show, and we know that you do, be sure you smash that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you don't miss the next episode. Uh, smash that subscribe button. Drop us five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at half and half underscore TPL. They are at kingdom underscore corner with a K. Uh, so for me, from the guys at Kingdom Corner, from the Painted Lines, we'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.